You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky Podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball. Stay informed by making us part of your routine. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcasts. Simply subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56. Normally, I'm joined by Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, but today, pinch hitting for Kyle Tucker is Brian Milam of WKYT. Want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Now, Brian, we have listeners from all over the place, uh, different countries, uh, certainly many different states. And so not everyone may be familiar with you who, you know, that doesn't live in central Kentucky. So says uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> But Brian, uh, I have worked with Brian for many, many years, uh, especially on high school sports. Good friend of mine. But you've been doing this for what? How many years have you been in the business? I've been, uh, I first started in TV January 2nd of 1998. So uh, after this year will be January 2nd of 2021 will be 23 years. Man. Man. Yes. And all of it covering Kentucky sports. All of it within the state of Kentucky. When I first began at WYMT and Hazard, I helped on Friday nights. But my first year and a half, I was actually the 11 p.m. co-anchor and a news reporter. Um, mm. But I was, I've was i been in sports so long, unless you are a true television diehard, uh, you wouldn't remember me in news. And that is fine because it was a forgettable <laughs> it was a forgettable 17 months or so but uh, I remember my very first story sports story that I did and uh, it was with Fleming Neon Baseball uh, <laughs> in southeast Kentucky they were on a 20 game winning streak back-to-back uh, 14th region champions and uh, that was my very first sports story as a member of the sports department in the mountains of eastern Kentucky Wow. Fleming Neon Baseball 20-game win streak. <laughs> yeah. That is pretty phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, had you stuck with news, uh, your life would be a lot easier. Uh, you know that, right? Well, had I stuck with news, you and I wouldn't be talking right now yeah, that's because true. I would have quit the business years ago. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, we have a ton to talk about. I mean, you've got, uh, you know, the Big Ten uh, canceling uh non-conference schedule in football, uh, which came out on Thursday. And Kyle and I discussed that yesterday, but uh, some more fallout from that. Like uh, what's the SEC going to do? What's the ACC going to do? We've got some information on the SEC. And then we're going to take a look at some of the big non-conference games that we won't have already that we know because of the big 10 and then some other possibilities that we won't have, say if the rest of the power five conferences follow suit. Uh, college basketball season. Something we mentioned yesterday on the podcast and weren't able to get to is that uh, there's a proposal that's been sent out to all the conferences from the NCAA about starting the season earlier. We'll discuss that. KHSAA, the Kentucky High School Athletic Association, uh, makes an announcement regarding fall sports today. We'll get into that. And then if we have time, Two Keys Tavern, uh, an institution in Lexington on the University of Kentucky campus that has been around for 66 years. Is it going to still be around? Oh. We'll discuss a little later. But let's begin with 
the SIAC, the Southern Intercollegiate Athletic Conference. Now, if you've been following and listening to this podcast on a regular basis, you heard me last week, I believe, discuss Morehouse's decision in depth and then everything that went into that, and then also mentioning the possibility that the SIAC within the next 10 days to two weeks could cancel football, and now they have. That has come out. So Morehouse had already done so, and now the rest of the conference follows suit. That includes Kentucky State, the Thoroughbreds. That includes Tuskegee, uh, Albany State, Fort Valley State. From my time living and working in Columbus, Georgia, Columbus, Georgia is the host of the Fountain City Classic between Albany State and Fort Valley State. That game has been played there for a long, long time. The Tuskegee-Morehouse game has been played in Columbus, Georgia since 1936. Mm. It has been played there so long that when it was played there, the Auburn-Georgia game was also played there. Same stadium in Columbus, Georgia. Um, So those are two big-time games when it comes to HBCU, uh, classic games. And Kentucky State's president, uh, Dr. Brown, Christopher Brown II, uh, he is not only the Kentucky State president, but he's on the SIAC Council of Presidents and the NCAA Division II President's Council. And he said, I personally commit to exploring every possibility for resetting the fall sports competition schedule via my roles in those the positions I just mentioned. And he said, in fact, there are already meaningful proposals being advanced to field intercollegiate play by conference members. So uh, I think he's kind of tipping his hand that maybe uh, they could play in the spring. They're not playing in the fall. That's for certain. There will be no football in the fall uh, in the SIAC or for Kentucky state, but it seems like Brian that he's throwing the possibility out there, just like the Ivy League said on January first that they'll reevaluate. Uh, you also have JUCOs saying that we're looking to the spring. Um, so a lot of the this is just the beginning, right? Well, it, I think it has to be because uh, you look at the smaller conferences, and obviously HBCU uh, they don't bring in the money of obviously as a major Division One program would bring in, like a Kentucky or a Louisville. And I really believe, uh, especially seeing across the country, how major universities have been canceling sports left and right, usually Olympic sports. Uh, Stanford got rid of 11 sports. Uh, Some of the schools in the Mid-American Conference are canceling baseball and softball. And they are already into panic mode. And that was weeks ago. Now, Stanford just made their uh, statement uh, just earlier this week. But as for Kentucky State, Uh, They had, at Alumni Stadium, they had just put in a beautiful, state-of-the-art, brand-new turf field. Mm -hmm. And that thing is gorgeous. And and they're not going to be able to play on it, obviously, for this calendar year. But, you know, if you also listen to whoever, whatever health expert, there's a wide variety of, well, is it going to get worse in the spring? Is it going to get worse in the winter? Is it going to be around then? Is it going to be around now? Uh, I mean, it's just there's so much information that is just swirling around. It's kind of hard to decipher what's what. But what is easy to figure out is schools are trying to save money. And that is with canceling a lot of sports. And I have no I have no problems with schools canceling 
football or canceling uh, whatever the sport it is, because at the end of the day, I mean, let's be honest, you go to college supposed to for an education. Now, obviously, athletics brings in, uh, depending on the level of play, a lot of money. But it's also the first thing that will go in smaller division markets, such as the SIAC, Division uh, Three. Uh, we've seen uh, the Ivy League said, hey, we're canceling everything this fall. So uh, it's not a surprise. It just kind of makes you sick because this has been such a topsy-turvy year, and it's just getting worse for athletics. Yeah. One more note uh, before we go to break on KSU. Uh, they're coming off their best season since 1978 in football, um, and they've got some, you know, a few returnees there, got a really good coach. Uh, so especially tough for them. And by the way, they said they're working through uh, the eligibility situation that they're not, they're not going to have anybody lose eligibility uh, over this. So seniors would be able to stay and play next season uh, the way I understand it. Uh, when we can continue, we'll discuss, uh, you know, the SEC, what's going to happen there. Some information that has come out, just some reports, source reporting. Uh, we'll discuss that when we continue here on Locked on Kentucky. But uh, first I want to tell you about, rockauto.com you've got so many different cars out there i mean so many different makes and models it's impossible to go to a auto parts chain store walk up there name the part and then expect them to have it it's just not going to happen what is going to happen is the person behind the counter is going to type in on the computer the parts you need just like you would do if you went to rockauto.com. The difference is you're going to pay a lot more when you go to that auto parts chain store than you will at rockauto.com. I mean, I don't know if you knew this, but they have different price levels, some of these stores, for professional mechanics versus do-it-yourselfers. Not at rockauto.com. It's the same low price, reliably low prices for everyone. Uh, You can even check it out. I mean, if you want to, you can can go on and, and check it yourself. Go there. I don't know what parts you need, but you need a part. Go to the auto parts chain store. Find out the price. Come home. Look up that exact same part on rockauto.com and tell me you're not going to see a difference. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com You are locked on Kentucky. Your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. All right, we're back here on Locked On Kentucky, and Brian Milam from WKYT Channel 27 in Lexington is filling in for Kyle Tucker this afternoon. First time we've had you on Locked On Kentucky. Uh, I've done a bunch of different stuff with you, but never this this program. So uh, good to have you on. Thanks for doing it. Uh, now we get into uh, what what what's going to happen with the SEC. The Big Ten has said no com- non conference games. Well, the Athletic directors, all 14 SEC athletic directors, will meet in person in Birmingham on Monday to discuss fall sports. That's according to SportsIllustrated.com, SI.com. But that meeting has been planned for at least two weeks, sources tell SI.com. So it's not in reaction to what the Big Ten has done. They were already planning on doing this. And Greg Sankey, the commissioner, has said previously that they were going to wait until late July to make a decision. They are not expected uh, to reveal any significant decisions, to, to, to come to a conclusion on anything on Monday. Uh, they're just going to discuss things. Multiple SEC athletic directors stress that a decision doesn't have to be made immediately, that they want to let the month of July play out. Uh, one SEC athletic director told SI, quote, 
I think spring is more viable than fall. What we currently have scheduled is not realistic. Let me say that again. What we currently, what we have currently scheduled is not realistic. If somebody told me we could play conference only in the fall, that would be great. But I'm not sure we can play one game, let alone a full conference schedule. I mean, that's one of the SEC athletic directors. We don't know which one, but that's a quote from one of the athletic directors in the SEC. I mean, how does that strike you, Brian? I wonder if football is moved to the spring, how important is it to also turn right around and play a 2021 college football season? You're looking at, let's just say, for the sake of argument, they would begin, I don't know, February 1st. Let's just throw that date out there. Uh, Or March 1st. Let's throw that out there. Are you going to play 12 football games? 10 football games even, and then turn right around in the 2021 fall and play 12 more games. You're looking at 22 games. That's more than an NFL season um, if you play in a six- to seven-month run. I mean, that is that is uh, amazing that it, would, it could get pushed back to the spring. I understand people want to see football, but again – and I will quote many, many people who are much smarter than I am. If we're looking at the best case scenario for the health of the student athlete, as for football, and you have X amount of practices, you have, let's say, 12 football games, you go to a bowl game, would, would that bowl game be played in July or, or, <laughs> or June? Would you play yeah. the Orange Bowl in June uh, in 100-degree heat? No, you can't do that. And then turn right around and get back on schedule and play a 2021 fall season. Well, because players are on campus in July. Yeah. Working out. I mean, yeah. it, it's uh, th- that's just, you know, there's been a lot of talk in the high school realm of Kentucky. Well, yeah, let's uh, play baseball in August to make up for the 2020 season, which was canceled before it ever got started. And then let's play high school football starting in January. Okay, well, then what do you do with high school basketball? Because obviously people know who follow high school athletics. You're going to have kids play basketball and football and baseball and basketball, whatever the combination. Um, But for the college game, I I just I would I would look more at playing in the fall slash winter, push the schedule back a month if that would help. I don't know what would help. I'm not a medical expert, but. Just playing in the spring and then turning right around and trying to get back on track for 2021 fall just seems way too much for me. Yeah, I mean, I've said that on this podcast before, I would I would be fine with a January start. But I also understand that there's so many northern schools um, in weather conditions that uh, yeah. just may not be able to do it. I mean, you just can't play. Well, you have a month of – or you know, eight games. What if 80 of your, 80 your games are in below 30 degree weather? I mean, that's just, <laughs> that would be, that would be tough. Uh, but I tell you, uh, Alabama.com, AL.com's John Talty, uh, he said that there was a sense of a surprise and disappointment that the Big Ten made this decision so early, according to his SEC sources. He said he called around to different folks in the SEC and talked to his people. And they felt like the Big Ten backed the SEC into a corner sooner than needed. Now, uh, Vince Tyree, uh, Tyree from uh, Louisville Athletic Director, just the other just a couple weeks ago or so, he said that the Power Fives were working together 
you know, to kind of coordinate what they're going to do. Apparently not. Big, yeah. <laughs> Right. The Big Ten seems to have surprised everyone because the ACC is also saying, like the SEC, we're going to wait till late July to make a decision. Um, so for the Big Ten on July 9th to say, well, this is the this is what we've decided. We're doing this. And I don't know what's behind that. Maybe it is to go ahead and say, uh, let's adjust the conference schedule right now. Let's adjust our schedule and get it the way we want it so that if we have to do another adjustment, we have more time. Uh, but to me, why, why tinker with it when you can wait till the end of July and you're talking about four weeks out from a season opener or even five weeks and then make more of a decision? I mean, heck, you can, you can float all kinds of stuff. I mean, most, most of the intel that we're getting from polling and different um, things that I've read is that no one really believes that the season's actually going to start on time anyway, that there's going to be some setbacks and it's not going to start on time. So waiting till late July, I mean, that seems more likely the thing to do, but now, I mean, has the big 10 made it so that no other power five conference can do their own thing that they're, they're kind of, you know, made to do this. Well, one of the things that bothered me about the Big Ten making this statement so quickly was one of the uh, one of the uh, determining factors was distance of travel. And if you only play conference games, let's be real honest, there are a lot of games around the country where the rivalry games are a lot less distance than the conference games. Right. And yeah. I mean, you look at UK U of L, seventy to eighty miles. Well, it takes Bloomington, uh, you know, Indiana fans and Purdue, it takes them two and a half hours to go from Bloomington to West Lafayette or Bloomington to Iowa or Michigan. So you're going to throw the distance thing in there. I, I, I completely disagree with that. I think one of the reasons is it's because they don't have to pay the uh, smaller mid-major schools any money to come in for a game, yeah. in my opinion. I mean, Western Kentucky was to play uh, Indiana. You have a lot of schools uh, like UK. They were, you know, they're supposed to play Eastern Michigan. Well, what if Eastern Michigan says, "Well, we can't." Uh, UK says, "No, sorry, we can't play." Uh, and also, you don't get a big paycheck. Your school needs to function right. with other other sports and or academic uh, activities. Now, one of the benefits I could see for a conference, or well, what the Big Ten has already done is as a conference, you can set your own rules. You can say, these are the guidelines we will all follow. We all agree as member institutions that this is how everything's going to be. These are the protocols. So that, you know, any game that is played, everyone is following the same guidelines. So you, so maybe that cuts down more on, on spreading it. I, I don't know um, if that will be the case or not, but um we're going to talk a little bit more about college football. Like what games are we not going to see? What games are we missing out on when we return here on locked on Kentucky? This is locked on Kentucky, your team every day. All right. We're back here on locked on Kentucky. Brian Milam filling in for Kyle Tucker. And we were talking about college football and with the big 10 only playing conference games, already announcing that uh, we could see the entire power five do that. So what happens if all the Power Five conferences say no non-conference games, we're only playing one another, 
Well, for starters, the first Saturday, well, there are some games scheduled for Saturday, August 29th, but the first full Saturday of college football is September 5th, same day as the Kentucky Derby. Uh, Alabama versus USC at Jerry World down there in Dallas. That's a game I would love to see. Uh, We might not see that one. Florida State versus West Virginia, our buddy Neil Brown against Mm -hmm. Florida State. That would be a good one to watch. Michigan at Washington. Big test early for, you know, Big Ten contender versus Pac-12 championship contender. Okay, because it's Labor Day weekend, you know we have three days of games. They do some other, other games. Ole Miss versus Baylor in Houston is the Sunday game. I mean, what a great Sunday to watch a game for Labor Day weekend. And then the Monday Labor Day game is Georgia against Virginia in Atlanta. I have no confidence that that would be a ball game anyway. So I don't miss that. I miss that we wouldn't have a Labor Day football game to watch uh, college wise. Uh, then the, but the, the week two is the big one, Brian. Week sure two, Sat, Saturday, September 12th. You've got Auburn, North Carolina in Atlanta. You've got Arkansas at Notre Dame. You've got Penn State at Virginia Tech. Iowa State at Iowa, big rivalry there. And then the the games that I would most miss out on, to me, the three games that I would would hate to not get to watch, Texas at LSU, Ohio State at Oregon, and Tennessee at Oklahoma. Remember that rough start to the season Tennessee had last year and then finished strong? A lot of people are picking Tennessee to be a, a dark horse in the East. Well, what are they made of? We would find out at Oklahoma for sure that second week of the season. But none of those games would happen. That particular day, 16 games have already been canceled due to the Ivy League and the Big Ten. Uh, uh, You move to week three. Uh, Colorado at Texas A&M. Florida State at Boise State. Maryland at West Virginia. Uh, And then then it starts to peter out once you get to October 3rd. There's really only one game there until the final week of the season. And that would be Notre Dame against Wisconsin in Lambeau, Green Bay. Hey, that that would be a cool game. The final week of the season, of course, has UK Louisville, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Florida, Florida State, South Carolina, Clemson. We wouldn't get to see those games if we had conference only. But the flip side would be you also wouldn't watch Alabama versus uh, Alabama State. <laughs> You know, there's always a, a Saturday in the SEC where almost everyone is playing cupcakes. And so that that would be a positive. I think I could maybe trade off not having those non-conference matchups if every single week of the season meant that it was Power 5 versus Power 5 within all those conferences. Well, I think it depends on what fan base you are because uh, as good as Kentucky has been over the last several years – I still think you would not want to go up and slug it out with Tennessee and Florida and the like in Georgia every weekend. Um, you, <laughs> yeah. you do need that confidence, and, and you feel bad for Vanderbilt. I mean, that's since James Franklin left, they have been uh, really struggling uh, and have been back to Vanderbilt standards, by the way, a lot of people view Vandy. Um, yeah. But – I just think there are so many great games at the beginning of the year, like you mentioned, which possibly will not be played. And I think with the Big Ten making that announcement yesterday, uh, I, I I do believe 
it backs everybody else into a corner because the ACC is thinking about just non-conference games also. Well, do you follow suit the way everyone did in March? Well, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. I I completely agree with the SEC athletic directors by saying, look, we're going to meet, talk about whatever it is we need to talk about. But we are not going to make a decision until it's 11.59 and 59 seconds before that that clock strikes midnight. Then we will make that decision because what are you losing? What are you gaining right now? If you make the decision and, yes, we are in a second wave of COVID, and then by, let's say, mid-August, things really drastically turn for the positive and you don't see spikes, people left and right – uh, are, are getting better, and, and this thing starts to gradually go away. Now, I don't know if that'll happen, but it's it's something you have to think about because by, by announcing it right now, I mean, if I'm a smaller school, if I'm a mid-American conference, um, I'm scrambling to say, okay, who can play us? What do we do now? Because the big five, the power five, have said we're not going to do the following. And if that takes out non-conference games, um, that's a money grab for smaller schools. I mean, you are going to see a lot of schools, a lot, in my opinion, start canceling even more sports or getting rid of certain road trips because um, they don't make any money. You know, what about the Ohio Valley Conference? Yeah. EKU was to play West Virginia. What if the Big 12 says, sorry, conference games only, but West Virginia, you can fly all the way to Texas and play. Yeah, right. But wait a minute, but you can't play EKU, who's in Richmond, which is a, what, three-hour drive from uh, the middle of, of West Virginia, maybe a four-hour drive? I, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. It's just there's so much to this that makes me uh, even more angry for the lack of sports. Not that we will be missing, but because people make such quick decisions and uh, it just seems to me you should wait as long as humanly possible. Yeah, because we've seen what how quickly things can change. Two weeks ago, we were not in this situation as far as the numbers nationwide with COVID. It's, it's changed that rapidly just in two weeks. So what's another month? I mean, the football season is not supposed to kick off till Labor Day weekend. Um, you know, if you, if you wait, things could change, definitely. All right, so... Um, Moving on to college basketball, they don't want to wait. They want to go earlier. An NCAA executive, Dan Gavitt is his name, and he was in the news again today. He said something I can't remember. Uh, he was but talking about college basketball season, thinking that it, they would be able to play it, that wouldn't have a problem, and should everything go according to plan, they you know have a March Madness and all that. Uh, but he told Sports Illustrated that a proposal to start the season two weeks earlier than planned has been sent to the conferences for their feedback. The idea is to get more games played in case COVID-19 causes suspension of play in the winter. Gavitt, he said, with dozens of schools shutting down campus between Thanksgiving and the start of the second semester, there's almost a certainty that some games will be canceled during that window. Uh, And then they're worried about the optics of asking athletes to remain on campus while just non-athletes, the the regular students, are home because there's so many schools that are saying we're going to go in person through Thanksgiving and then we're not coming back till the second semester. 
So an earlier start could mean up to four games that would be played between October 27th and November 10th. Um, I, I mean, I don't have a problem with that if you think it's going to help, but also I, I don't understand what, what's the big deal with the athletes staying on campus um, while everyone else goes home in that period, because John Calipari has that every season. Like he's got two, three weeks with his guys uh, where they don't have classes. He calls it Camp Cal. I mean, this happens every year. So it would just be a little bit longer, right? Uh, yeah, it would be. Uh, I just think that, you know, they want to, colleges, universities want to sequester the student athlete as much as humanly possible compared to the quote unquote regular student. Because let's be real honest about what we're talking about here. We're talking about who makes the money for the schools. Absolutely. And Kentucky basketball, Kentucky football, they make the money for their school, just like the major sports do, depending on the, the, the university we're discussing. And if they keep them sequestered, they may get a uh, free run or a, a trial run, rather, at what the NBA folks uh, and Major League Baseball and and maybe probably what the NFL is going to be having to look at later on. Um, you've got to keep the student athlete on campus as much as possible because that, you know, what we are seeing right now is the final with the July 4th weekend, the final holiday before Labor Day. Yeah. And that's why you're seeing this spike because everybody thought, well, it's the last time we get any kind of freedom. So let's go. And that's why you're seeing this, this uptick again, uh, especially from younger, uh, younger players. And, uh, you know, what really startled me the most was when Clemson had 37 yeah. players and staff members uh, be found positive. Gosh. And yeah. then LSU is smacked with a lot and, and you see it all over the place. And, and I remember back in March when this first began, when I was in Nashville waiting on you to arrive actually um, <laughs> yeah. for the SEC tournament. And at that time, all we heard was, well, it normally affects just those maybe over 50 years of age. Yeah. Uh, if you're between 15 to 40 you're pretty safe in terms of getting sick. Well, we've seen that turn out to be just the opposite because, again, quick information is absorbed by the by the human being. It's, oh, well, it's not going to affect me. I can still do whatever the heck I want to do. Right. And who's going to do that more than anybody? Kids yeah. 18 to 25. Right. When their hormones are raging and they are – wanting to party and be a, a college age kid. That is why schools are so adamant about trying to keep their kids away from everybody. Well, speaking of partying as a college age kid, an institution on the UK campus, two keys tavern opened in 1954, 66 years. They have filed for chapter 11 bankruptcy. The, uh, the owner of Two Keys Tavern has. What, what's happened is there is, of course, what has happened is it's not being filled with patrons. They're not, uh, and you may say, well, what happens every summer to Two Keys Tavern? Well, they usually still have plenty of students hanging around campus to where they can uh, make some money there. But what, what this all comes down to 
is it's a big battle between the owner of the bar and the owner of the building. The bar owner claims that the building owner backed out of an agreement to allow the bar owner to purchase the building in 2018. And they've been fighting this in court ever since. But the bar owner has now not paid his last three months of rent. And the landlord (coughs) said, I want it all now. Which, during this time, there should be a little bit of that forgiveness. You know, rent forgiveness from landlords. But in this situation, since the two have been fighting in court, uh, there's definitely some animosity there. But there's a possibility. I mean, it could be sold and everything work out. But there's also the possibility that it goes away. And for Two Keys Tavern, I mean, for me, I went to UK. I can remember in 1996, uh, UK, Syracuse, National Championship game, CBS, the network, not WKYT, the network CBS had a camera posted inside Two Keys Tavern. A bunch of friends and I got together. We got to Two Keys the moment it opened at 10 o'clock that morning, uh, reserved a table, and then it was just a bunch of us in and out throughout the day to, to maintain our, our seats, to make sure that we still had that table. <laughs> and we had a great seats for the game. And when it was over, everybody went nuts, broken bottles uh, on top of tables. We, we absolutely destroyed the inside of two keys tavern. They had to shut down for a week uh, for repairs because we had My demolished gosh. the place. Uh, and then we walked outside. And when we walked outside of two keys, I could not believe my eyes, the amount of people out in the street. Limestone was completely flooded all the way down Euclid Avenue to Woodland Plaza, uh, where like Linus is, and uh, that whole area was just filled with, with people. Uh, but that's my greatest memory of Two Keys Tavern, and I'm sure, uh, I, well, I remember spending part of my 21st birthday there at two keys tavern that's another story that i, I just i don't think is safe for this podcast <laughs> so uh so i it's a shame i hope the two keys tavern uh is able to come to back uh let, let's go ahead and get in one one more thing before we go is get in uh, we missed uh talking about the kentucky high school athletic association uh board meeting today uh where they announced they're going to move fall sports practice to August 3rd. Originally, supposed to be July 15th. So uh, around here in Kentucky, high school football teams start being able to like practice practice all together, team organized, put on pads, that kind of thing, beginning mid-July. And that gives them around four weeks uh, to start practicing before the first game. Well, now that's moved up to August 3rd. So if that's moved up to August 3rd, that first game is unlikely to happen uh, at, at the originally scheduled date. Uh, on top of this, you have New Mexico has postponed football and soccer seasons to the spring semester. So that's the first state that has done this. There are other states that are talking about different measures. Tennessee has discussed some things, New Jersey, Florida, but New Mexico is the first one to say we're not playing football and we're not having soccer this fall. Um, well, so let's, again, not, let's not forget now, it is also conceivable, highly probable, the state of Texas shuts down football. And if they yep, shut down yep. football, you're looking at almost, what, 175,000 to 200,000 kids in the state of Texas play football. If they shut down football in Texas, wow, they're not playing around. Because what basketball is in Kentucky, or at least what it used to be, 
it is one billion times more rabid in the Lone Star State. Well, yeah. And New Mexico's right next door. Um, so that tells you something about what they're thinking down there. Uh, oh, let's just hope. Let's just hope it doesn't come to that. But we got to talk about it. You know, we got to we got to talk about it because we can't just ignore it and act like everything's going to happen according to plan. It's not. Everything's going to change. Let's just hope it all changes for the better. Well, Brian, thanks a ton for coming on here and filling in for Kyle today um, and wrapping up the week here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast. Uh, if you want to check us out uh, on Twitter, I am at D-R-I-E-F-F-E-R. Brian, what's your Twitter handle? At Brian, B-R-I-A-N-W-K-Y-T. At Brian, W-K-Y-T. All right, now tell your smart device to play the latest episode of Locked On NBA. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for listening. You are Locked On Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.